Okay, back in this Monday afternoon, back after a couple of weeks vacation, in which I watched and took in quite a bit of the Olympic Games. Olympics wrapping up early yesterday. Londoner Damian Warner, who won gold, of course, in the decathlon, a first for a Canadian, chosen as our flag bearer for the closing ceremonies. 24 medals in total, 7 gold, 6 silver, and let me do the quick math here. Is that 11 or 13 bronze? Sorry, I think it's 13. Very nice, very nice showing. So many highlights and joining us now for a recap. Here's the coach, Tim Cunningham. He joins us on Global News Radio. Hey, coach, good afternoon. Hey, Jeff, thanks for having me. Welcome back. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, obviously, uh, math, if it were an Olympic sport, I don't think I'd be meddling. But uh, having said that, 24 <laughs> medals in total, our best summer total in a non-boycotted games. Uh, are you surprised? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, actually, I, I think we, we, we sh- should have won two more medals. I felt, uh, given that uh, how our uh, golf uh, program is, I th- you know, the way Corey Connors has been playing this year. Uh, and and tennis. I mean, we're certainly now a world power in men's and women's tennis. So I I was a little surprised that in those two sports we didn't medal. But uh, yeah, it's an incredible result for for Canada. Um, you know, and I think I, I think with um, uh, Damian Warner winning the decathlon, uh, you know, there there's so many great moments for Canadians. But if you look at it in the scope of the Olympics, I think Warner's gold medal is is the most significant just because of what the decathlon is to the Olympics. And uh, it really shows that you're the best all-round athlete at the games, and and uh, and then obviously we had women's soccer that it's certainly I think the most popular gold medal that we won, and uh, Andre de Grasse in the 200 meters, and and Aaron Brown being in the finals with Andre de Grasse, uh, and they, if he had medaled, be the first time since 1928 uh, that uh, we would have two medalists in the 200 meters. All right, let's talk a bit more about Damien, if we could, here, because we are on in London this afternoon on our sister station, 980 CFPL. And, of course, there's a lot of proud Londoners, uh, you know, last couple of days, particularly uh, yesterday with uh, Damien uh, carrying the Canadian flag in the closing ceremonies. And, yeah, that achievement, winning gold in the decathlon, I mean, you got five events one day, and then the very next day you come back, and you got to do five more it's 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 a physical grind obviously but it's the mental grind and the thing that i uh just so amazed at at damien's performance is that going into sunday he just had this attitude that i'm gonna win i there there was there was no there's no uh, silver or bronze medal for him and it's just the mental toughness uh in in that and again in the scope of the olympics because you know the ancient greeks had the decathlon uh i i think it's just it's it's a huge huge win for obviously for damien but also for for athletics in canada Yeah, and let's also talk about how the community rallied around Damian Warner because uh, this story is now becoming uh, something of uh, lore, if you will, that uh, he had to rent out a uh, kind of an abandoned hockey rink there in London to train. Yes, yeah, he did, and and uh, you know, and and I'm not taking anything away from Damian, but there there are stories like that with Canadian athletes across uh, across, but not just in the summer games, but winter games. And I think the, the, the one thing that uh, is going to help the uh, movement, certainly of uh, summer athletics, is that by uh, meddling 24 times, I, I believe there will be more funding uh, for athletes. So we won't hear these kind of stories where, you know, they're really they're really living hand to mouth uh, and uh, that there will be certainly more support, not just from the government, but, but, but private support as well. I think, uh, you know, we've seen athletes that are able to uh, to crowdfund. Uh, and and actually, you know, do do some set up foundations that you can use uh, sort of an advancement type approach 
and uh, have these kids have better funding. And, and, and if we can do that, because you see that uh, a lot of the countries that, that uh, you know, like the United States, the Chinese, I mean, they, they get tons and tons of financial support that our kids just don't get. And if we had more of that support, then we'd have uh, more Damian Warners uh, winning gold medals. You mentioned the women's soccer team. Got to talk about that gold medal win uh, late on Friday. I mean, very reminiscent, I think, of the Euro Cup, obviously, coming down to uh, penalty uh, kicks. I don't know about you, but uh, I wasn't. Certainly, I think every Canadian watching was on the edge of their seat. Oh, edge of their seat. And it was a very emotional win. And, and uh, you know, and, and in team sports, this, is, this was a classic where uh, it, it, it reminded me of, of, of the 1980 Winter Olympics when the U.S. beat the Soviets in the, in the semifinal, just like Canada beating the U.S. in, in women's soccer. It, it, it is that kind of moment for our country uh, because the, the Americans were so heavily favored. And, and this was, um, uh, you know, one of these teams, you know, they had lost the Americans so many times, but this was a team that, that you know, where chemistry matters and they just absolutely peaked at the exact right time. And it's just, it was just such a beautiful thing to see. It was the, it's a beautiful game. And it was a beautiful thing to see how these girls uh, really peaked at the exact moment they needed to. Yeah, we got a new golden goal. I mentioned that last hour, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Without well, a doubt. And, you know, and even in, so, you know, soccer is such a grueling, you know, 90 minutes. And, and, and you know, I hate it when hockey games come down to uh, to a shootout but in soccer just you know the way that the way the rules are I don't mind penalty kicks to decide a championship or a gold medal yeah and what a moment for Christine Sinclair waiting so long for a gold medal so nice uh, to see one of if not the most heartwarming moment I think of these Olympic Games for uh, Canadians and symbolic as well her uh, in an earlier game passing the ball to Londoner Jesse Fleming to take a, a penalty kick yeah, and 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 I think you know, it's it was the ultimate team move. Obviously, Christine Sinclair was is is the star and has been the star on that team for so many years. But I think in the moment she realized that she probably wasn't the best option, and that is such an unselfish uh, move. Uh, she could have taken the glory, but but she knew exactly what was best for the team, and that's a lesson that shouldn't be lost on on young athletes. That that uh, she did the uh, took really sacrificed for the best betterment of the team and what did what was best for the team. And, and it's really what the Olympic spirit is all about. Yeah. Well said. And what do you think this uh, win means, this gold medal win for Canada's women's soccer team, uh, for soccer, women's soccer in this country? Well, I think they're going to, first of all, I think they're going to be a lot of young uh, women in Canada, young girls in Canada that saw that game and, and, and are thinking to themselves, I can do that. I can be on that team. And so I think it's going to do a lot for the growth of women's soccer in Canada. And, and the other thing is, in terms of the, the, the women's soccer program uh, and, the, and the national team, they've overcome that huge hurdle of beating the United States. And now there, there will be a feeling of, we've been there, we've been to the top. Not, not that they'll feel invincible, but I, I just think that the, the beating the Americans was sort of their Achilles heel. It was, it was something that they just, it was, a, it was a, a mountain that they just couldn't get over. And now they know that they can compete, uh, you know, arguably with the best team in the world and that they are the best team in the world right now. All right, these games, of course, uh, held during a uh, pandemic, the uh, COVID games. There was a lot of concern going into Tokyo. Now that we're on the other side, uh, how do you think uh, things uh, unfolded when it comes to uh, COVID and the Olympic Games? 
Well, I mean, you look at the just simply from the Canadian side, we had no cases of COVID. There were uh, people that, that dealt with COVID, but I think there were something like 24 uh, cases of COVID. So when you look at it as a number, uh, it, they, they did a really good job of it. My worry is if the Olympic movement and where does it go from here, uh, where I don't know if there's going to be a long lineup of cities that are going to be bidding on Olympics in the future. Tokyo is going to be left. This is like, uh, you know, in a university and you have a great big party and the next day you look at your place going, who's going to clean this mess up? And, you know, Tokyo is going to be left with a debt. The bills aren't obviously aren't in yet, but it's probably going to be in the neighborhood of $12 billion. And if you look in terms from a Canadian point of view from the 76 Olympics, the debt from Montreal was just under uh, $2 billion for those games in 1976 dollars, which equates into about $9 billion today. It took them 40 years to pay that off. And that is uh, could be the legacy of the Tokyo Olympics, that it's going to take them a generation to pay the bills. And that is something that is not attractive to a lot of cities when they're looking for, for, for bidders for future games. Having said that, there is something about the Olympics, and I think a lot of people going into these Olympic Games, obviously skeptical. There was so much debate. You and I talked about it, whether or not these yep. games should even be happening. But I got to tell you, the last couple of weeks, it was a really good distraction. It was really nice to have something to kind of get behind and to cheer on your country. You know, I couldn't agree with you more, Jeff. And it's and 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 you know, you think of a lot of Olympics going in and post Olympics that there's a lot of concern going in, and then there's you know, what are we going to do with the bills afterwards? But for those two weeks, Winter and Summer Olympics, uh, I mean, there's nothing better. And and it's and it's great for a lot of sports that we wouldn't typically watch on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, I I, I don't watch dressage a lot, but I I certainly watched uh, horse jumping to see how Bruce Springsteen's daughter was going to do, and she actually medaled. And uh, you know, there were all these different sports that get great exposure. And it's and and more importantly, it's just uh, you know the 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 competition at at, at just a, an elite world level uh, in all in, in a whole cross section of sports. You, you just can't beat it, it's 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 really uh, very special and you know tip of the hat to cbc for the for the coverage that they had um you know they i think uh you know they they certainly uh, to me are 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 the best network at covering um uh, the games and that, you know obviously nothing against global but cbc did a great job well you know they fooled me a couple of times with that 3d imaging they have uh, where it looked like the athlete was actually in the studio or <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, before I let you go, 24 medals, uh, this games, the summer games, obviously uh, a great boost to our Olympic program and uh, bodes well, I would think, for the uh, winter games, which, believe it or not, are just a few months away in Beijing now. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the great thing about, the, you know, the 24 medals in the summer games is that the next Summer Olympics is only two, are only two years away. So, you know, we'll be able to carry that momentum. You know, if, if the Olympics were four years away, then you could argue that maybe we won't, we won't carry momentum because people retire and yada, yada. But with just a two year gap, uh, I think we can really carry momentum and, and grow on this on this record that we set. And then in the Olympic Games. Uh, you know, there will be high, very high expectations for Canadian athletes, and, and we will be one of the top medal countries in the world. You know, I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right, Coach, because the window is now shorter between Olympic Games because of the year delay, and it's as tough as it was for some athletes, obviously, to train and to stay in shape and focused uh, on a delayed Games. They weren't even sure were going to happen at all. Uh, this does change maybe some minds of some athletes that maybe thought about uh, retiring from the Olympic Games when they're only a couple of years away. Maybe you feel you got one more games in you now. 
Sure. And especially for athletes that did, that just missed the podium too. I mean, that, that, that gives them such an incentive to come back and come back hard. And, uh, and, and we, we look at the women's soccer team we were just talking about, um, you know, for, for, for the most part, they're a pretty young team and, and, um, uh, you know, so, so they can, I think that they would be a favorite to win the gold medal again. And again, as I said earlier, uh, we did not medal in tennis and golf, which were two sports that we are now starting to dominate at the professional level, that um, uh, we, we could expect big things from both those sports uh, in the next Olympics. All right. Always a gold medal performance from the coach, <laughs> Tim Cunningham, who uh, joins us here on this uh, Monday. Coach, appreciate it as always. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me. You bet. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.